brought to you with the natural goodness of Viridian Nutrition, available at Browns. I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. My guest today is all about sports. In fact, today's guest was a sports master at Stella Marys College. He also is studying for a doctorate in sports, physical education and health sciences, management development and elite at the University of Edinburgh. And he is the president of Athletics Malta, which has some outstanding news to share. We're going to be getting to that a little bit later on, but he's also a husband and played a key role in last week's Intersport Levelette Marathon in guiding the team to bring excellence to sporting events in Malta. Today, I'm talking to Andy Grek to find out about him and everything he is passionate about. Andy, so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being with me here on The Interviewer. My pleasure. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really glad. I mean, it, it's great. We've actually been working quite closely over the last couple yeah. of months, so it's really cool to be talking to you, to be finding out what you're up to, but also I want to find out about you. And to start off, I want to ask you what was or is your sport or your sport discipline? Because I'm assuming it was or is athletics rather than, let's say, ice skating or figure skating or curling or something like that? Um, so basically, when I was around six years old, I started off with gymnastics. Yeah, I think I really believe that it is the core of every every sport. So yeah, started off with, gym started off with gymnastics. Uh, I was in the national team. Um, uh, I think I stopped at around 14 years old. And then I started athletics. Um, uh, I started athletics from my secondary school. I had a great PE teacher. I think you might know him because he is in the athletics world as well. His name is Kevin Zamit. Um, yep. uh, fantastic athlete himself. He was my PE teacher, my role model. Um, uh, and I was his first athlete that um, uh, sort of he took on after school. Um, uh, and he found my first coach and the rest is history. Okay, I am absolutely <laughs> intrigued, Andy, because you mentioned, we, we're going to come to the athletics, but you mentioned gymnastics. Yeah. So when you say gymnastics, you're talking about um, tumbling, you're talking about beam, you're talking about these sorts okay. of things? Or? So um, uh, basically... The male, the male apparatus is six. We have six. Okay. We have, obviously, the vault. We have the floor. Uh, the beam is done by the women. Uh, we have parallel bars. It's all right. <laughs> we have the parallel bars. We have the pommel. Um, uh, I'm missing another. I think I'm missing another two. Uh, the rings as well. Um, uh, did you mention the floor? Did you, and the, did you, floor, you, the yeah. floor, And the floor. Okay. That's, that's it. So when you, when you were doing this at school, up until 14 years no, old? No, after school. So basically, I used to um, go to school, San Andrea. Okay. Um, uh, school finishes at three. Training starts at four. My mom will prepare my lunch, and I will just make the walk over to the next school in San Andrea. But how did you get into this? I think it was friends, really. Um, a friend of mine used to practice gymnastics. Um, uh, I went to watch him and her, and, um, and that's it, really. We loved it. Me and my sister were obsessed with it, yeah. 
This is really unusual to hear. Yeah. And really, un- I mean, I'm loving it. Not many I, people know this about me. I, I, wow, well, everybody knows about it now. Um, but you said as well that this gives you the foundation for every other... Everything. Why? Everything. Why, why, why? In fact, many of our best athletes come from gymnastics. We have um, uh, Clara Topardi, who's a long jumper. We have Peppina Dali, um, uh, former gymnast as well. We had, um, uh, we had Jeremy Borge, long jumper, very good. Um, uh, myself. But why? Why does gymnastics give you such a foundation? It, it, it just, it, it's a sport where you need total control of your body at every single point in time. If you sort of lose focus and your body is out of control, you risk injury. So your body and your mind are constantly focused. And that obviously sort of when you're taking the next step into a different sport, your body is just wired that way for the rest. It's just long-term muscle memory, really. I absolutely did not do gymnastics <laughs> at school. <laughs> so I can relate to no, how but much I'm out of touch with my body. In fact, if my body is so used to it, like even now at, at my age, I can just do a handstand, I can flip for you. It's just your body just gets used to it. That's amazing. Yeah. So that then put you in a position where you're going to go into athletics. Exactly. So basically, um, at around 14 years old, um, uh, sort of I started to realize that um, I have sort of my, my potential is, is, is there. My fullest potential is, was sort of at 14. I couldn't develop anymore. Um, uh, and I spoke to my PE teacher, Kevin, and um, he told me you should start athletics. You're, you're quick. You're fast. Um, uh, you can jump. Why don't you do long jump? And that's it. Because that was what yep. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you which of the disciplines within athletics was your discipline, the long jump. So basically it was the jumps. We started off trying to do the pole vault, but at that point in time we didn't have the facilities for, for pole vault. Pole vault is the one, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, stick. I love, yeah. I love the pole vault. That, that's the one that really scares <laughs> the crap out of everybody. It's the really high one, right? And exactly. And, um, and that was uh, basically every, every gymnast sort of when he makes a transition into athletics, that is the, the sport, that, that is the event he goes what? right into. Because it's so close to gymnastics, really. Okay. All right. Again, you need total control of your body throughout the entire thing. And... So then instead of going to pole vault because it, there wasn't any facilities for that, you went into long jump. My coach saw potential for me in the long jump. So you also mentioned your sister when you talked about gymnastics. Do you come from a sports family? Where does this passion come from? Because you've taken it right to the highest level. <clears throat> my, um, my mom and dad obviously both grew up doing sports, but um, uh, my mom just constantly constantly took us around wherever wherever we wanted whatever we wanted in fact all right yes I was very good at gymnastics and I was with the national team like I told you but um uh, we did swimming I did football um we did all kinds of extracurricular activities and my mom and dad would just take us all over the place this is brilliant no I had a very very full childhood no no time for for any so any kind of social life Oh, okay. Maybe not so brilliant. I mean, how does that work? Because you must be socializing no, with my, fellow exactly, sports exactly, people. and that is what sometimes athletes don't understand, and they complain that you know there's no social life, and you're an athlete, and you have to take it seriously. But your social life, the the social aspect of sport, is meeting your um, meeting your fellow athletes at the track or at the gym, or wherever it is. Um, it's often forgotten. Yeah. 
I've been in Malta for 16 years and I've seen sports in Malta explode from 16 years ago to where we are now. And now we have sportsmen and women in various disciplines. Take Yasmin Stevens, for instance. Yasmin Zamit Stevens, who's doing incredibly well in weightlifting. And you also have, as you mentioned, we're going to talk about a little bit later on about athletes and so on. But you don't immediately necessarily think of Malta and think of sports because we maybe on the island have a reputation for not being very sporty. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I certainly wouldn't think of gymnastics and I th certainly wouldn't think of athletics. So putting this into context, athletes in Malta, how good are they? You've mentioned a bunch, you've mentioned a, a group of athletes. How good are they? Are we doing well in athletics at the moment? Um, you asked many questions <laughs> and, and when you were, when you were sort of speaking, I was really thinking about what I, what I could say. I think sport in general, sort of, there is more importance. Let's say that, let's, let's say that the people, the people in charge, um, uh, are going in the right direction. Um, I, I think the biggest, the biggest, biggest, uh, sort of factor is uh, the facilities. Yeah. The biggest factor are the facilities. When we when we started off in in athletics, um, uh, there was just one one room I think as big as this room, which was the the gym room. And everyone, every all the athletes need to need to share. Um, <laughs> you share the equipment in this room. Sand was full of um, uh, dog, dog and cat excrement. To be polite. No, it was it was bad. Yeah, and it was empty. So now, given the fact that sort of our okay, let's just start off with the sandpit. Our sandpit is always full, and we don't have one. We have four. We have a pole vault mat now, which is brand new. We have a high jump mat. We have so f the facilities have just exploded, and not just in athletics, but everywhere else. And uh, and that not only sort of encourages athletes to take up the sport, but it also motivates coaches. Okay. So that and and that, in my opinion, again, was the reason why we have really improved. But, and there is always a but. Countries which are of similar size to us, similar similar population, similar GDP, have been doing this for years. So Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, Cyprus, San Marino as well, and this is why they have Olympic medals. San Marino won their first, oh, sorry, their, their, um, uh, their first two Olympic medals last summer. <laughs> so you are implying that we are a long way off that. And we're going to talk about facilities in just a second because you've got this great news that we're going to be talking about as well. But having said that, we do, and I mentioned before, we do here in Malta have a bit of a reputation. We have a problem with obesity. We have, you just mentioned that sports were not, gymnastics certainly was not part of your curriculum. Is the emphasis enough on sports? I know when I was a kid, every second day we had two hours dedicated to sports and I went to a regular school. I think the culture, the culture is changing. So we're living a sedentary, sedentary lifestyle where, even myself, I'll be honest, where sort of a few years ago, um, uh, I would always be on the move, go for, I don't know, just train, go to the gym. We live such a busy life 
Mm. That in Malta, especially anyway, that sometimes you just need to sit down on the sofa and and relax. But the difference is this: sort of, um, you need to be encouraged to go. You need to get up and go. And again, our kids nowadays, as in I was a teacher, so I've seen this firsthand. Kids prefer to stay, play on their PlayStation, and go outside. They prefer to sit, watch TV, then go outside, play on their iPad. You see it all the time. You see it in restaurants, coffee shops. You shut the kid up by giving the iPad. Yeah, yeah but yeah. again, this is not the reason why we are living this lifestyle. It, I believe personally, it really, it, it's just my personal opinion. It is just life is too busy and sometimes you just need to, to relax a bit. Fair enough. But one of the things that you just mentioned there is kids on, on PlayStations and so on. And we do all see that in restaurants and, and out at cafes and these sorts of things. I think we, everybody gets frustrated by um, perhaps, again, my, uh, my opinion about kids being on these things instead of being outdoors and enjoying. And in some countries, you can understand why a child might want to stay in, in a PlayStation because the weather's rubbish. Take my homeland, for instance, the UK. Most of the time, you can't go out because the weather is really rubbish. Which leads me on to my next question. You were recently involved and did an incredible role within the Intersport Levelette Marathon, which has been a great success. But you were there guiding the team on how to create an internationally an international standard event. And it would seem that Malta is the perfect location for sports events because of the climate centrally located within Europe. But what, so what, why are we not there? Why are we facing challenges is it the facilities because we're seeing trail running we're seeing yeah. now we're seeing triathlons and we're seeing uh dual athlons and these sorts of things but why maybe are we not getting the sports that we would want to um uh, listen the sort of the guys in charge put forward many kinds of programs. In fact, on Saturday we had um, uh, the Sports Malta um, uh, and Sport Journalist Awards. Um, uh, and in fact, he, uh, Marco Tyler, who's the CEO of Sport Malta, said that sort of the programs, the sports programs were sold out within four days. Yeah. And, that, and, and they cover everything, all ages, from, from football to, to ballroom dancing, for all ages. And they were they are full up. Again, maybe our population is interested, but our sporting population cannot take that on. For example, an, an issue that we might have soon: athletics. Athletics boomed, uh, sort of from since um, uh, I don't know, could be marketing, could be the way we're we're pushing the sport. But unfortunately, I believe that in a few years' time, we're going to have so many kids. So many athletes running around on the track that all right, we just got this one done and, and it look is going to look great. But in a matter of years, we're going to need a new track. <laughs> and I, I really, I really, I sometimes I look and I look. I, I always want to look in the long term, and this is something that I should probably really look into. But isn't that a good problem to have? Is You've it? Got, well, is, is it? We it? just got we just got our track done after we waited maybe. 25 years, 30 years. Oh, wow. Okay, that's not such a good problem to have then. So can we wait another 30 years for another track? But if the demand is there, may, was it the case of the fact that there wasn't demand and now there is the demand? We had many, 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 many good athletes over the years. 
and unfortunately many of them were lost could be bad administration could be bad facilities could be they lost interest as well um uh, but i don't really want that to happen again after sort of the so much work we put in absolutely absolutely well uh, there are fantastic athletes in malta we just had as i said the in, the intersport level at marathon the half marathon yeah that, that was something that i wanted to touch upon in fact um i think basically the guys Fabio Matt and and uh, and Charlie um uh, they confronted me and they spoke with me uh, I think it was around maybe springtime last year and they began telling me listen we want an internationally recognized race and I think our sort of where we worked very well together um I think our as a as a country as a running community our biggest issue is the, are the roads not not because um uh, not because sort of drivers and the way they uh, sort of the way they drive and they don't understand that they're sort of cyclists and they're they're sort of important in the road and runners and I'm not talking about that I'm talking about sort of the flat we don't have anywhere flat we cannot put on a fast race um uh, if we there are ways of how but then it will be a boring race so we can easily uh, come up with a race where I'm um, just a 5k loop we find a piece of flatland 5k loop at the airport for example fast very fast race i'm sure i'm sure Maltese records will be broken there maybe even european or world if we if we, do, if we play our cards right but who's going to enjoy that no and i think that's something that's very key because as much as we want records to be set you also want people to enjoy and that the atmosphere and to enjoy the event as well and this is where my phd comes in place right you so you have an option in malta anyway you have an option it's either mass participation which is where sports tourism lies or it is elite sport elite sport is going to bring very fast resa- very fast results but mass participation is where the money's at <laughs> but it's also yes but it's also healthy healthy lifestyle um encouraging people to uh, sort of to take the sport up new goal new challenge yes granted but don't forget that as athletics malta we need to pay the bills <laughs> yes but you see here's where you know maybe i'm slightly going to disagree with you there because if you look at the london marathon and i've run the london marathon twice it was the first marathon i ever ran I was right in the midst of 39,000 people. You are in the middle of 39,000 people not going to set records. You have the elite group at the front who are going to set those records and they are going to go off the start block and they're going to run fast, fast, fast. For the rest of us, it was an amazing event and it was a brilliant atmosphere. And I think you have to have that payoff between the two. Now, are you going to be able to make a, a, a marathon in Malta that's really super fast? Or are you going to have something as as the Lavalette Marathon with a few hills? It's still a fantastic route. No, it's a, it is a fantastic route. And it it, well, it is obviously a very pretty route, especially the finish. Um, uh, but again, sort of, it's still in its uh, sort of very 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 early stages yeah. and i am sure that sort of the london marathon and many many big marathons the route changes a million and one times absolutely so um like i said for 
sort of the first event, people were really surprised at how, how well organized it was. Mm-hmm. But then again, Charlie has been organizing races for many Well, let's years. not take Fabio. away from the fact that we had you on board. No, but, <laughs> but listen, many of the ideas were, were the guys I had, sort of the guys help, and it was, it was all them. Um, I just simply guided them with regards to what they need to be internationally certified. Um, uh, I have no problem discussing this year, but there were sort of there were people naysayers, so to speak, um, that don't uh, appreciate the fact that Malta has an international marathon. You know, um, uh, there there are other international marathons. For example, the Go- the Gozo Marathon in uh, now this year is going to be in I think in September. Yeah, it is also internationally yeah, recognized. Absolutely. Um, uh, again, but it depends on sort of the way you market. It's also extremely hilly. I've run that one as Gozo. well. Gozo. Gozo is <laughs> hilly. Yeah, but it is internationally certified. Um, and that is something that Athletics Malta keeps on insisting. Yeah. We need to get internationally recognized. If we are sort of internationally recognized, we are on the right websites, um, on the right brochures, then that is where people are going to see Malta. Listen, sun, scenic route, let's go. And that is what the guys the guys wanted. Well, let's talk about another international event that's about to happen because I'm extremely excited about this. Athletics Malta have just announced that Malta is going to be hosting the Athletics Championships of the small states. Now, what is this? Okay, so this is really exciting. No, no, it is. No, it is exciting for me because. Um, uh, Sort of, it's my personal first international event that that Athletics Malta is organizing, and I am sort of the chairperson of the entire thing, and it is a lot of work. But we won the bid um, last last October when um, we had um, European Athletics uh, Congress, um, uh, and I was sort of um, elected vice president of the ASSC, which is the Athletic Associations of the Small States of Europe. Um, and they gave us the go-ahead to organize it. We were given a grant by European Athletics, which does not cover <laughs> half half the expenses. But again, we are taking it to the next level. Last week we had our launch, <laughs> and um, uh, we had everyone, sort of all the volunteers, all the all the athletes as well present. Um, uh, we sort of. We're trying to promote it as much as we can. We're going to have, I think, over at this point in time, 327 athletes. This is amazing. 327 athletes. Some of them are um, world and Commonwealth finalists. Um, and they come from countries which are under the 1.5 million population. Okay, so I'm going to read a statement because I want to ask you about this. It says, considered as the largest athletics event ever organized on the 11th of june 2022 malta will play host to the championships of the small states of europe bringing over 300 athletes international athletes as you've just mentioned from 17 different european countries including the vatican the pope is coming to run the pope, is, the pope really came to malta <laughs> but um uh, but it's, his uh, journalists are coming to run that's amazing <laughs> It says, besides their respective coaches, member officials and VIP guests from European Athletics and World Athletics. Do we have 17 small states in Europe? Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know this. This is amazing. In fact, um, uh, so they have to be what size? Smaller than under 1.5 million. Okay. Okay. And so seventeen of these countries. Wow, wow, this is brilliant. And so we're playing host to to, to this. I'm going to go back to another question earlier on in this interview, and refer to something you said. Do we have the resources for this? Do we have the facilities right now to host 17 countries? So um, uh, we haven't had, we have had in the past, but we had to choose the events that we could cater for. So for example, it, this was already done in 2016, but if I'm not mistaken, around 200 athletes came over. Okay. Um, uh, and it was done on a shoestring budget. This year, with the help of a few sponsors and um, the MTA, um, bed nights and whatnot, we have, we have been able to sort of secure, secure more funds. And European Athletics helped us also. Um, uh, but we're going to see things, our athletes and the people that visit us are going to see things that have never been done before. For example, um, they only see these things done at the Olympics and World Championships and European Championships. Um, um, we have four sort of four foreign um, companies that are coming down to Malta. Two of them take care of timing, results, and everything is going to be electronically displayed. Sort of results are instant. Boom! You throw, you jump, and it's just there on a large screen with your name, with your country. So this is this is the level that we are we are taking these things. And uh, I think in, in it, it's my the way sort of the way i work and my philosophy is that if we're going to do something we do it right and the track and the the pits the sand pits uh, so they're all there everything uh, is going to no, be we have we have special olympics in three weeks not we but we are helping again we are helping the special olympics in three weeks um uh, and sort of that is going to be one of the first tests for for the for the facility and the facility we were then and then we reap the benefits four weeks after <laughs> this is really exciting it is it is and it um, i'll be honest it takes it takes a lot and a lot of work i have no doubt because not only is it an athletics event but it's an international athletics event whereby 17 at least 17 countries are putting the focus on malta we need a lot of volunteers um uh, a lot of experienced um uh, sort of technical officials in fact last year we did um uh, a technical sort of a referees course which hasn't been done, and I think in around 15, 20 years. Well, this leads really, leads really nicely into my next question, which is how do we get non-athletes involved in this event? Because this is phenomenal. This is a big event, a big event coming to Malta. We love these big events, and thank goodness it can happen because COVID uh, restrictions are lifting, allowing people to come into Malta. There's been a lot of athletes, a lot of runners who were reluctant to come to Malta because of certain restrictions. These are now being lifted so we can host these these athletes. How do we get non-athletes excited about this and get them involved? You just mentioned volunteering. Um, uh... That's uh, that's that's one of our biggest biggest headaches, really. Um, I think I think our sort of the path lies within schools. Sort of, you know, if kids are interested in athletics or like sports, and sort of you want to see a sort of a exciting exciting event, um, sort of you're gonna bug your mom and dad to take you, which is what I did when I was when I was young in 2000 and when Malta hosted the Games of the Small States of Europe. My mom took me to sort of watch the games. 
And again, in, when I was 13, I, I wasn't interested in athletics, but that was, again, that was the sort of the factor that, you know, that the, the spark that sort of took me, that sort of, you know, made me excited about, about athletics. And I'm sure that an event like this, and again, n- next year, the sort of the GSSC games, could be the potential spark factor that many kids, um, many kids need. You brought this back to school and kids and what's going on in the education system. Is there a chance that schools would be able to bring yes, kids definitely. to the event? Of course. And are we going to see sports prioritised in schools as a result of this? Um, uh, listen, the thing is this. Uh, sort of the guys in charge, again, the education system know what they're doing. They love sport as well. Um uh, that again, there's so much, so much pressure on on academia that, unfortunately, sport and physical education is often left behind. Um, if you had to go into schools, many schools are not well equipped. We have sort of a problem with with uh, sort of space, you yeah. know. Or at the SAP, a teacher, a good PE teacher, might sort of come up with with ideas to sort of fix that situation, but. Mm. It's not always possible. There are so many skills that I learned in school. As I mentioned, in the UK, the education system you guys has have a massive uh, grounds. We also have an emphasis on sports, and not not everything was, you know, involved massive grounds. We did gymnastics. We did little bits of jumping on things. Even when I was about six or seven years old, and one of the things that I taught you is it taught you how to work with other people. It taught sportsmanship. It taught team building skills. I think there's a lot of things within sports many, 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 many that we just don't realize. Yeah, yeah. As in, I think if you don't practice sport or you don't live for sport then you never understand what what whatever it is team building it it's a million and one things i think if we had to keep on discussing what sport gives to the individual then we'll never stop talking well give me three things three main things three main things no, you should have asked me this before i came i would have thought about it <laughs> i like the questions on the top of your head three things that that sports brings to an individual or a child or just anybody. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak about myself. Yeah. Um, even though I came from an individual sport, so gymnastics was individual, athletics was individual, it still taught me how to respect others. So it definitely teaches respect, whether it's your athlete, whether it's your official, um, uh, whether whoever it is, your parents, your coach. That is number one. Respect. Um, uh, I would say self discipline as well. This is me personally speaking again. So if I know that, you know, tomorrow I have a competition, it is important. Um, I'm not going out tonight. I'll stay home, watch a movie, fall asleep early, wake up tomorrow for training, competition. So self-discipline. There are too many. I can't choose three. I'll let you have five if you really want oh, five. Oh, well, let's go. Let's obviously end the health. Yes. The health is a question mark, though, because, again, too much is not good. Take me, for example, I had to stop athletics because I didn't listen to my body and I ruined my knee. And I did two operations in the space of six months. And my knee is, even now, six, six years, seven years later, it's still not 100%. And that is the reason why I cannot practice any other sport. <laughs> I tried rugby as soon as sort of 
I changed, tried to change direction. My knee buckled and I couldn't do anything else. But in fairness, and in the, in the defence of sports, you mentioned that you went from gymnastics to athletics, and then you even tried rugby. These are sports that are very demanding tough, yeah, on, on the, the body. body. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. My sister did the same thing. Eh? She went athletics. She was pretty good as well, my sister. Um, uh, and then she tried rugby as well, and she was in the national team rugby as well. And she hurt herself. Good. Oh, well, I mean, in fairness, yeah, if dad, you play rugby... My mum and dad are constantly, <laughs> constantly. Good chance <laughs> yeah. you're going to get hurt. In just a few words, how can we all benefit from this event that's happening, not just for the, the small nations, but also for the... You mentioned the Special Olympics as well. How do we malter? How do we all benefit from these amazing events that are happening? I think that the amount of events we are sort of helping organize. So um, uh, if we had to look at the amount of events that were done in the past year, whether it is marathons, whether it's um, uh, sort of international events at the track, and we are pushing on the media constantly, um, uh, something, some, something or someone is going to ask and, and be interested in the sport. And that is exactly what we want to do. But we don't want athletes or sort of young kids to come in and not find the right structure. And that is what sort of we are trying to, to do as Athletics Malta. We want our clubs to be as strong as uh, sort of the association. Because at the end of the day, a strong club brings out strong athletes. Strong athletes equals... Good results. Good results will reflect back on Athletics Malta, and so it's a constant circle. And that is, again, it comes from the very beginning. Your excitement, excitement to be in a place, run a marathon, go to an international event, and um, that's basically it, I think. Andy, I love your vision, I love your commitment, <laughs> I love your passion, and I am extremely excited for what's going to happen this year and beyond, and I love your passion to see this infiltrate every single person in Malta and make sports part of the, a more important agenda. We're trying. <laughs> We're trying. Thank you so much for being on the interview, wishing you the very best of luck for what's coming up, for the events that are coming up. Thank you. And thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me.